Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 128 of the Fun With Cars podcast for coverage of the Malaysian Grand Prix from the Sepang Circuit. I am Jim Lau. Yeah, you can put us down, but you can't take us out. The show must go on, and I am Robin Warner. Heck yeah. For yet another show, this time, to talk about what happened in Malaysia. Yeah, man, two weeks in a row, we're able to make podcasts happen. This is excellent, and there's a chance that for the next time that uh, that you're that we have a Grand Prix in three weeks' time, uh, we may be able to have an even better show than this. But uh, super excited to have you back yes. with us, as always. And uh, we had a heck of a race to uh, to talk about today. Unfortunately, I guess you didn't have a chance to watch it. So just reading about it, I don't know how much of the flavor of the race really came through, but you know what happened, and we got enough to go on to, uh, to have a discussion there, right? Yeah, and this time, if it's cool with you, I'd like to start with the winner in second place of the race. They are, in fact, teammates, and uh, it seems like that's where, at least from what I read, a lot of the controversy occurred. They are teammates. I wasn't sure. I thought I thought they were actually fighting pretty hard. Do you think they work? Do you think they work for the same guys? I think I think uh, they do not work for the same guys, but I think they wear the same colors. Yeah, man. So obviously, Sebastian Vettel ended up on top, um, much to the ire of you know the anyone but Vettel uh, fans out there, which is uh, which is more and more all the time. It seems like based on uh, feedback and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a grumpy podium. It was kind of this awkward, um, you know, everyone's out of the car, and then they had the, a couple shots of before going onto the podium, and uh, and Weber. Well, had... hold on now. Was it grumpy for the person on the th- on the third spot of the podium? Uh, a little, I imagine little bit. The uh, third no. place guy'd be pretty happy, but not so uh, no, much. It huh? was it was a little awkward all the way around. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, okay, fair enough. But yeah, so you know, uh, Weber. I was having a, a really good race. He had a good start. Uh, there was some other carnage that he was able to get around and uh, and was... Hold on. Stop right there. Weber had a good start? Yeah. They, uh, you know, wow. He was able to do his clutch bite point test this weekend, unlike last weekend, and uh, you know, no nice. no apologies from McLaren are necessary in this case. So, uh, yeah, he was able to uh, to do well and was in the lead of the race, uh, you know, sort of three-quarters distance. Uh, and then they went to, you know, turn the engine down a little bit, sort of save tires, save save fuel, you know, save the car, as they do. And um, and his teammate Vettel um, also was given those instructions and apparently just didn't listen. Uh, this was after, earlier on in the race, uh, when Vettel was behind Weber um, before, you know, I think any of the uh, technical changes to the engines or whatever, just, you know, on, on, on his merit, you know, was not able to get around Weber. And he says, this guy's too slow, get him out of here, you know, get him out of my way. Um, and it's just like, who does that? I mean, even if... You know, even if that's true, if you're the faster car and your teammate is in front of you, like, to be like, he's too slow, get him out of my way, is just like, what an ass thing to say, Vettel. <laughs> uh, well, it, it does happen in other teams. I mean, let us not forget, I do believe it was Hungary of 2010, when Alonso complained about Massa and got exactly what he wanted. Right. So, you know, it's not that there's no precedence. But yes, it's not the most honorable thing to do in the world either, is it? Yeah, and it, I mean it's different for a variety of reasons. I mean, obviously, the, you know, Vettel's dynamic with the team is different from sort of even Alonso's with Ferrari at this point. It seems like, um, but uh, you know, but it's so early on in the season. Who knows what's going to happen in the following races? You know, it's not like one guy's championship is you know one guy's way in the lead and the other guy doesn't really matter. You know, it's it's really um, really wide open right now. Uh, and yes, okay, Sebastian Vettel is a leader in the championship by virtue of having a better result uh, in Australia. But you know, it's one one race in, and of course, after this, it would be uh, could be flipped on its head anyway. So uh, yeah, so you know, Vettel ends up they have this this you know it's a good battle to watch, except it's frustrating for Vettel or frustrating for Weber. Um, 
because sort of he's like, all right, I'll turn my engine down. I'll do what I'm told. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, win the race as, as comfortably as possible, right? Save the car, save the tires, the whole thing. Um, and then his teammate just comes storming up by him and they're having this, you know, sort of three or four corners in a row of just really wheel to wheel stuff, which now looking back at it, we can say, okay, it was fine for the team. They made maximum points and, you know, Vettel came home with the win and, and Weber second place. That's not so bad. But in the moment, I mean, any tiny fraction of a second, any little bit of a difference in track position, it all could have gone terribly wrong for both of them which is, of course, the worst possible outcome for the team, you know, from leading 1-2 in the race to nothing. Uh, so it's like, okay, yes, they made it work through a combination of, you know, I'm sure the, the, the emotions in the cars on both sides. I mean, Vettel being told to stay behind Weber um, is probably just the, the last thing that that guy wants to hear. And, uh, and then Weber having to deal with this sort of like, hey, you know, I'm following the team orders here. I'm doing my thing as a team driver. And all of a sudden, my teammate's not. And, and, and you know, and Vettel has to pay the price, or Weber has to pay the price for it. So, yeah. Well, so- I can I can see it from both sides, really, myself, because you know this is the first time that Weber's been on the happy side of the way the team orders works and says, "Hey, this is how the team works, and this is what we want." And finally, Weber was in that place where he would get to take advantage of the team orders and not have to suffer from them, and Weber just ignored them. But you know, I have to say, there is a part of me that just looks at it and says. You know, the two had a great legal battle, and Vettel came on top, and as a result, Vettel, you know, kind of won that fair and square. Obviously, it wasn't with a happy team, but uh, it is interesting to know that, uh, you you know, when they they did battle, Vettel did come on top. Because there was a circumstance um, last year where whoever was kind of ignoring team orders alone still kind of wanted to, give Vettel a hard time, and Weber couldn't get past. So I think, to at least a certain extent, it does kind of show well that, you know, Vettel is kind of the man, but yeah, at the same time, the team had an arrangement, and Vettel didn't want to follow it. Yeah, and I'm not sure how fair of a fight it was, because I think the whole idea was not just stay in front, or stay behind, but, hey, turn your engine down to save it. And so, you know, Mark, having yeah. followed the team order, put himself at a disadvantage. It wasn't just a, hey, don't pass him. And then he says, oh, I want to pass him instead, which uh, that's a fair fight. So okay. I think, you know, I guess, I don't know, maybe, you know, half a second later, he saw Vettel coming in his mirror and said, hold on, and turns his engine back to full boogie and goes for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we can say Vettel being, you know, as a stronger driver overall, just look at the results of the last three, you know, three years in world championships and so on. Uh, but, you know, you hate to see anyone screwed, especially by Sebastian Vettel, um, and, you know, after just kind of, you know, having, you know, the, the personality that, he, that he's had lately. And, uh, you know, he's just he's sort of like, I'm too important to follow the team. I'm bigger than Red Bull Racing. You know, I can do whatever. And, you know, and even Christian Horner in, in some post-race interviews was like, yeah, no, that's that's not cool. I mean, we're going to have we're going to have words about this. And, you know, I don't think Vettel's going to get fired or anything, but um, it's, you know, still something to look at. And uh, I, I think it's sort of understood that, uh, you know, Vettel could have learned a thing or two from Nico Rosberg today um, because it was a very similar situation with a different outcome. Yes. And, uh, yes. you know, it's uh, there's there's some parallels there. Yeah, and, and that is definitely a shame to tarnish an already strained relationship because uh, Mark Weber and Vettel have been trying to get along they're two very different people. They're really two different generations of people and uh, trying to work with each other. And at times it can be contentious. And as you said, where, uh, Vettel has to be considered the overall stronger driver. Yes, he gets an advantage here or there, but he's also won three world championships in a row in a car that isn't always 
isn't always top notch. It's always close, but it isn't always top notch, and uh, deserves a lot of credit. But you know, this is really unfortunate that he felt such a strong desire uh, to win this race that he had to tarnish things the way he did because had Vettel come in second, he'd still be in a really good place in the championship. Still would have been a really good result, but uh, you know, now now it's a win, but it's a win with all this. Uh, all this, uh, you know, extra baggage he has to deal with. So, as as far as an overall judgment is concerned, it was, you know, it was the wrong judgments to make, and it was a lapse in judgment, really. Yeah, and and you know, like we mentioned with uh, with the Mercedes boys, with Rosberg and Hamilton, uh, they were in a very similar situation where after you know, and, you know, the race was interesting. It started out where the track was wet, but it was, it was raining like right up until basically the the green flag or the lights going out, and. Um, um, but it didn't rain after that, so everyone started on intermediate tires. So it, there was sort of this, you know, the timing of when do people switch on to dries, and then which set of dries do you take, uh, because you know, the hard tires were actually falling off really pretty quickly, and uh, and then the mediums, you know, really suited most people more more comfortably. But um, you know, not everyone, you know, you don't have enough tires to do everything you want, so um, people had to make compromises and all that. So it was, you know, definitely sort of a dynamic thing to watch as things were unfolding. I mean, Vettel was actually the first to go out onto dry tires. And it looked pretty hairy for a while for, you know, sort of the first half a lap. Yeah, sure. uh, there were definitely some moments and you're thinking, oh, man, what if what if he does, you know, just just lose it off the side? I mean, how many people's uh, Vettel Vettel predictions would have been screwed up? But um, but as it happened for the last sort of, you know, third of the race or so, um, it was uh, Hamilton in front of Rosberg in three, four. Uh, for a couple laps, they sort of passed and passed back because, of course, with the two DRS zones in Malaysia, they've got sort of the, the two long straights, you know, the, the uh, very last straight and, so, and then the front straight right after it. And... Uh, you know, so we saw a couple times someone would pass. You know, one guy'd pass uh, into the into that corner, and then he'd get DRS on the other guy, and he'd pass him back. So they sort of saw that going on for a while, and eventually, you, mm. you know, Ross Braun and the team said, "All right, guys, this is nonsense. You know, like let's settle down." Um, and and Nico was getting on the radio, getting kind of agitated, saying, "He's going too slow. I can go faster than this." And they would get back on the radio and say, "Hey, he can go faster too. He's you know this is this is the pace we're trying to set right now. There's a huge gap behind us. There's nothing to gain in front of us. So carry on, dude. Like, sorry, don't pass, don't pass, Lewis." Um, that would just be dumb. And it kind of came back a couple more times saying, but I really want to. They're like, no. And, you know, in our in our, our coverage of that and uh, NBC, um, Steve Match has sort of made the point. It's like Ross Braun has won, has, you know, engineered his way to 16 championships. Like, you can't, I mean, Nico yeah. Rosberg has, yes, he's won a race. And, yes, he's a car, you know, he's in the dry, he's in the car, he's the driver, he's behind the wheel. But, you know, you really don't want to sort of go against the wisdom of the, of the team. And, you know, and these are the guys that are your bosses anyway. So Nico did stay behind. And, um, after the race sort of said, you owe me for this, you know, said something, Oh, I'm, you know, you, you know, remember this, you know, come later in the season or whatever. Um, and so that's why, you know, it was a little bit weird for Hamilton. So he was on the, he was on the podium and sort of said, uh, yeah, he's like, I don't know I should, if I should, he was on the podium, but his teammate had given him the, you owe me one. Speech. Yeah. Well, well, that wasn't to Hamilton. That was to Ross Braun. That was to the team. Like, Hey, oh, later on down the, the year, okay, you know, um, and so, I mean, he and Hamilton were sort of like, cool, like, hey, you know, we're both, we're, we're doing what we're told, you know, I was following the, you know, I was going to the lap times, he wanted me to stay behind you, whatever, like, so I think that both the drivers were sort of like, it is what it is, you know, it's just, this is what our bosses are telling us, but uh, uh, on the podium, though, when, when Martin Brennell got to uh, interview Hamilton, he sort of said, you know, I feel like Rosberg should be up here, um, you know, because he had, he was faster than me all weekend, but, you know, it's still, it's good to have a podium, but like, so even Lewis wasn't. Yeah, really, he I mean, was. He was very complimentary to to Rosberg, which I found surprising, um, especially considering this is his first podium with the new team, and that the new team is doing so well. Um, but uh, I mean, 
I, I, my point of view in the way it read to me was he was happy with it, but he was just trying to be very friendly to his teammates. Yeah, so, I mean, he certainly uh, didn't have as much to worry about as the Red Bull guys or as, as Weber, really. Sure, so, sure. Uh, still, to be like, hey, to be on the podium in the second race in the Mercedes, and for a while, I mean, really looking, you know, looking possible for the win. I mean, who knows the way the tires and the weather and everything could have gone. Um, this could have been a, a Hamilton or Rosberg victory, really, at, at a couple stages. So, um, you know, yeah, after all the sort of off-season talk and, uh, you know, after how sort of terrible the Mercedes was last year and Schumacher's hands and so on, to be this close this early is kind of amazing. And, uh, and sort of who knows, right, you know, China, if that's uh, sort of a lucky thing or whether it works out for Rosberg again or whatever. I mean, who knows what could happen uh, down the road. But, um, yeah, so Hamilton, uh, probably the funniest moment that we've had so far in the season, uh, when he comes into the pits and old habits dying hard as they do, drives into the McLaren pit box. Did you get that in your, uh, oh, in, geez, in, your in the coverage you read about? No. And it's, it's awesome. I did not read about that. That uh, is a shame. I actually just, if you look at our uh, Twitter feed after the show or whatever, I just retweeted Road and Track, did a little, uh, little quick little write-up on it. Uh, Alex Nunez just posted the video and all that, and he's like, yeah, old habits die hard. You know, sometimes when you get a new job, you still get off of the old subway stop and so on. It's just a shame when, you know, there's millions of people watching you from around the world. So, yeah, he did, and, and as he said on the podium, sort of, you know, jokingly, he's like, oh, I, you know, I pulled a Jensen. You know, he did that He did that years ago, uh, which is true. Yeah, I remember that, uh, yep. But uh, it's just, it's funny because, you know, the broadcasters are, like, trying so hard to, to not, you know, because Hamilton and McLaren have just been tied together in your mind for his whole career, um, to, to say, oh, Hamilton, in the Mercedes, you know, to get the right car name and all that. So, like, oh, even he made the mistakes. It was, I mean, it was hilarious. So, all the McLaren guys, you know, he drives into the pits, and um, and they, they, you know, quickly realize, they notice it's not their car, so they get out of his way, and they're like, like go, dude, keep going, go, you know, move through here, like, just get out of it, go to our pits, but it's like, you know, it's 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 just funny to see that. You're like, and you know, and I had to boop it back on TiVo. I was like, wait, did he go to McLaren? Like, oh, and he did. So, um, yeah, it was it was hilarious. I mean, it's just one of these moments of like everything can be you know down to the last percent, and you know everything's all you know figured out and whatever. And then it's just like a silly error like that. So you know he did. Uh, Lewis did apologize to his team, um, but it was it was just funny that it's like you know what he's been going to the McLaren pit for years. That's all he knows, and uh, and he screwed it up in the second race. So that was funny. Um, and uh, and I think he's glad he didn't get service at McLaren uh, this weekend because that <laughs> that did not go well for uh, for either of the boys really. I mean Perez better than Button. Button yeah. retired with two laps to go or three, but um, you know he had a Button had a wheel nut uh, problem where they, they put the right. Right front about that. That is a shame. And uh, you know I was I was reading with surprise how Sergio Perez uh, finished ahead of Jensen Button until I read on to find out that Jensen Button had a problem with his pit stop, and then eventually had to retire. I'm like, ah, okay. Because it's one thing for Jensen to be outperformed by Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is highly regarded as he was. It's going to be quite another for Jensen to be outperformed by Sergio Perez. Jensen's going to have to be able to explain it very clearly. And fortunately for him, this time he was. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it it sucks because it's it's really not Jensen's fault, but... uh... You know, he had an exactly. issue on the wheel, and it looked like it was just, uh, you know, a, a just a pit error where they told him to go too quickly. Like, the right front guy uh, doing, you know, putting the wheel nut on from the new wheel just hadn't done it yet. Like, it wasn't, um, you know, wasn't the same as, like, the Force India thing where, like, there was really some problem with the hub of the wheel or the tools or something. But this was just sort of a mistimed call on the pit stop. And as soon as Jensen pulled out of the pit box, you could see the right front wheel was just not firmly attached to the car it was not bolted on so he actually went a couple of pit stalls down the down the pit lane and then, and then they radioed him and said stop 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 and they you know wheeled his car back and worked on it for a little while and then yeah he retired wow. with just a few laps to go which is a shame i mean you think 
the problem either was there or it wasn't. And it's like if the new if the new wheel was bolted on properly, that he would have been able to at least finish the race. But you know, apparently either through that problem or something unrelated, actually didn't. I didn't. Our I mean, damage was done somehow. Yeah. Yeah, something was was wrong, and uh, he had to retire. And then Chaco Perez had to. It's a shame too, because it sounded like the McLaren had a little more pace than did last weekend. It sounded like. They were getting just a tiny bit more optimistic about the performance of the car. Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't so, mention it was from the lead of the race that Jensen Pitt uh, came in and pitted and had this issue. So uh, yeah. it was, of course, because yeah. of the pit stop cycle. But still, I mean, yeah, so more pace than last week. Um, Checo Perez did have to pit on the last lap um, because he had a puncture. So it sort of, um, you know, screwed him up. I don't think I don't, I mean, he was like, I think he was seventh or eighth or something. Like, I don't think it actually lost him a whole lot. But um, still, just not a brilliant day yeah, for the McLaren. Yeah, Perez ended up finishing ninth getting uh, McLaren in another two points out of a race. Yeah. So I happen to know that McLaren has four points towards the championship so far. Yeah, and uh, that's true. They're, they are <laughs> ahead of STR and then all the teams that have not scored points, Williams, Marussia, and Caterham. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's Lewis has got to be thinking he made the right choice. I mean, you know, one race and it's kind of wet, dry, and whatever, but just with all the, as, as many struggles as McLaren are having, which sort of uncharacteristically, I mean, it seems like, you know, they, yes, they had one driver change, but, you know, Jensen should, shouldn't be completely befuddled by a car that's an evolution of the previous car and so on, but it's just really not coming together for them. And then with pit stop problems and then, you know, unlucky punctures and various things, it's like, you know, really not, not looking brilliant. Um, Perez actually did have a number of good fights with Kimi Raikkonen, of all people, and was able to hold his own. Uh, and if you remember, this was where Perez really kind of came on the radar in the Sauber last year. Um, and sort of people were like, wow, hold on, this guy, this guy's really got something. So, um, you know, Checo really does seem to, you know, hook up at Malaysia and uh, it really kind of works for him. But, uh, you know, it's good. Very good to hear. But yeah, I mean, for I mean, you know, because there was a big question mark, not terribly big, but there was the wow, McLaren's really going for Perez, and wow, a three-year deal. I mean, it surprised me. You and I talked about it. So it's good to see him have a performance that kind of reflects a, a little bit why that decision was made. It's like, oh, well, he's really good at this uh, racing thing. Yeah, this racing and, thing. Uh, we have faith in him, so he, that part of it's very good to see. Yeah, and he was able to be sort of, I think, tough but fair, you know, battling with Raikkonen, who's no slouch in the car either, obviously. Uh, and and hold his own and and whatever. So even though I mean eventually Raikkonen got around him and so on, it was you know a couple times during the race that they those two came together and it was a you know legitimate battling. So so good for him. Uh, and of course that famous Checo Perez um, result was behind Alonso, who did not have the most brilliant of races today. Um, I am sad to no, say. No, no, he did I, not. I, Sounds I, like it started bad and didn't get much better. Yeah, um, I mean it started it started great uh, and then all went terribly wrong. It was a, he was. You know, moved up. Uh, Massa did not have a great start. Um, actually, dropped back really quite a bit after the, on the first lap or two. But um, you know, uh, Alonso came up right behind Vettel and was like almost passing him in a couple of places. You know, and, and of course the first uh, the first turn here is in Malaysia is this big you know kind of decreasing radius deal, and then it, the road drops away, and then there's a hard you know hard left right after right. So it's uh, you know a cool series of corners to sort of you know to have have one of these battles. But it just came that um, you know. Through the, the timing of everything, uh, Alonso's wheel or his wing came up against um, Vettel's wheel right in front of him. Um, did not cut Vettel's tire. I hesitate to say unfortunately, but you know that would have been interesting. Um, but but uh, it, did, it was just enough to kind of tweak uh, his uh, to tweak Alonso's wing. It pushed up against his front wheel actually, um, and so it was like a little bit cockeyed. And then as he went on through that lap, it 
was properly broken and hanging off. So it was, sh- you know, sparks and shooting out of it. Want, he didn't want to take the pit stop to change it. That wasn't surprising. Well, that was, there's, there's a little bit more to that. I read an article um, just recently from uh, ESPN F1 and uh, where he, you know, Alonso doesn't blame the team or himself. I mean, I think the driver in the car, all he can do is feel how it feels. He can't see, you can't see the rear, the front wing. Yeah, at all. He can't see the front wing at so all. It's yeah. really, I think more, I was going to say more of a team thing to say, Hey, you know, Fernando, this thing is really properly broken. Like, you know, come into the pits. Like, I don't think, you know, all, all Fernando can do is sort of feel how it feels. And he wasn't losing positions. I mean, he was hanging on to second place. He was still holding off Weber, uh, just behind him. And, um, and then, and so that, you know, the, the, the team apparently say they, they did look at the, you know, took pictures from TV. They could see how broken it was, but Fernando was like, you know what? It actually feels okay. Um, I'm, I'm able to still have some good pace. And because of course the start of the race was wet, but it wasn't raining anymore. They figure, Hey, everyone's going to have to pit in a few laps to get tires. If we can just wait a couple of laps and go onto the dry tires and we can be in fine spot, you know, not really lose a whole lot. A new front wing isn't the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, but then just after going by the pit in, um, it was actually kind of interesting. So Weber, got around uh, Alonso because on the straights uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't as fast. Um, and it was when Weber's car got right in front of him. It's almost like Weber kind of knew this might mess him up, but Weber got around him oh. and then went in front of him. And it was like when that, you know, all weird, unstable screwball air hit the front wing, that's when it broke off entirely, went up under the front of the car. Alonso's front wheels are off the ground. And it was, it was game over. I mean, he just went straight off. Uh, it didn't hit the wall. It was just sort of right up to the wall and into the gravel and the, you know, he was still asking the, the, the marshals, like, push my car, push my car, I'll, I'll, I can do this. And they're like, dude, no, your car and is... In Alonzo's defense, I, I will say that a car that was originally designed with four wheels that only have two touching the ground is quite a bit less effective. That is true. Uh, and, and there's so, a, a couple others in the field that know about that, too. And uh, so, you know, Alonzo is... And like, I, I, have to, I have to say, too, in addition, um, you know, it was very encouraging to see Massa's qualifying pace so the same did not see a little bit more out of him in race pace. Sounds like he came off with a decent result, but, you know, it would have been great to see him really fighting at the top. I mean, yeah, Massa did really well. I mean, he did he did drop back on the, on the opening lap, but sort of throughout the rest of the race managing everything, he was the guy in fifth place behind the Mercedes. So it was, yeah, Red Bull, Red Bull, Mercedes, Mercedes, and then it was Massa there in the Ferrari. Um, but Alonso, I mean, really, I think could have gone for the win. I mean, I, you know, I think my prediction was, was oh, sound, wow. uh, right up until, right up until his wing went all wrong. But, uh, I mean, you know, in, in changeable conditions and, you know, driving a car that's maybe even not the best, but, but sort of managing it and having his engineers behind him and all that. I mean, there's no reason to think Alonso couldn't have been right there. And, you know, that, you know, seeing from their performance recently and whatever, it's like, you know, they, they could have that, but so it's good for Massa to still get a couple of points for, um, you know, for Ferrari. Uh, they are, you know, Ferrari is no longer in the lead of the uh, Constructors' Championship. They are now third, tied right. on tied on points, but behind in positions uh, behind Lotus. But uh, they're still a few points ahead of Mercedes. So, you know, damage control, whatever. Massa was there to uh, to be cleanup crew when uh, Alonso was was out of it. But it was a shame to uh, you know to see Alonso just you know complete one lap and you know one point one laps basically, and then and then it was day done. Uh, so that you know. That sucks because I think a lot of us liked Alonzo for the win, uh, myself included. So yeah. I'm not doing so well in the predictions so far. Um, and then <laughs> another mention, which is a shame, of course. Yeah, um, and then another mention is uh, for especially for teammate stuff is Pastor Maldonado in the undrivable Williams. Yes. Yet again, is unable to drive the un- undrivable Williams and and parked his car with five laps to go. Or I oh, know his his That's was a little. What I heard. I heard he was done on track. 
Yep. And uh, unable to finish the race. Yep. And it doesn't sound like a great start for him. It's not, because his teammate, Valtteri Bottas, of course, who's brand new to Formula 1, this is his second race ever, ended up 11th, you know, just a few seconds behind points. So, of you know, you'd think Pastor Maldonado, race winner last year with Williams and, you know, sort of sort of, you know, crazy but fast kind of guy um, would be able to, you know, work his way around this car, let alone, you know, the new kid is now really outperforming Maldonado. I mean, they don't have points yet, but in terms of, you know, finishing races, you know, you really, uh, you really got to give the, give the hat tip to uh, Valtteri Botas for kind of hold on to it. And uh, wow. apparently, apparently the car is terrible, but, you know, Botas is able to make, <laughs> make it work a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, their, their number one driver, Pastor, is not. So, uh, you know, good job to the rookie well, on that one. Well, that is a shame. And uh, we should probably wrap up our team discussion pretty soon. Uh, he's still sitting in a hospital for one reason. But uh, uh, I do want to hear a little bit more about Lotus because I know that they got away with one fewer pit stop than the other teams, largely, um, but uh, certainly did not have the same result. Yeah, I mean, right you know, they ended up in the points, but not uh, not fighting for the win by any means. Yeah, sixth and seventh with uh, Romain ahead of Kimi Räikkönen, and Räikkönen just didn't sort of just wasn't seem like he was hooking up today. I mean, he was he was struggling to get around Perez for laps and laps and laps. Um, you know, the, it's like their DRS didn't seem to be terribly effective, which kind of makes you wonder how the the rest of the arrow is on the car. We're just taking off that bit of the rear wing. It's like no, this thing's still a lot of drag, or you know, these other cars are just slipperier or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, well done to Grosjean for, you know, finishing the race, let alone ahead of his teammate, the Iceman. And, uh, they, you know, they yeah, and get a few points in the process. Right. So, you know, but it was really sort of like you, you saw, you know, Raikkonen on board and you sort of were like, OK, let's this this he'll be behind this car for a couple of corners and then he'll do something cool. And uh, it just never quite happened. It's like they weren't, I guess, because they were trying to save the tires and uh, and go longer and, you know, and do that. They couldn't push as hard as some of these other teams. So. You know, not a bad result, but uh, it is unfortunate for Kimi to drop from uh, from winning last weekend to be seventh this weekend. But uh, so it goes, and I don't I don't have a whole lot more insight into that for uh, looking at it yet. But it's interesting, I guess. You know, with this whole tire controversy that's been going on, I don't know how much you've read about this yet, but yeah. um, where uh, Red Bull and Mercedes have been going to Pirelli and saying, "Hey guys, this this whole these new tires are crap. You know, we should go back to last year's." And uh, sort of trying to lobby Pirelli, sort of in secret, and then apparently sort of news you know weaseled out about it. And, uh, and Lotus was the one coming back and saying, you know, hey, guys, we were able to win. You know, we were able to, you know, it's, it's new for everybody. It's the same tires for everybody. Don't go complaining to mom about this. You know, like, let's all just race and do our thing. And yet this weekend, um, it was, you know, Red Bulls who were complaining the most, 1-2. Mercedes, who was complaining as well, 3-4. And then the Lotus is farther down in 6th and 7th. So, you know, maybe they'll stop complaining now. Because actually, no, these tires are okay, guys. We can, you know, we figured them out now. Right. Or, you know. But uh, it, it is funny how that works sometimes, isn't it? But it, it is definitely fascinating to me that yet again, and obviously the conditions ended up being somewhat similar, and, and, but the, it's a very different track, of course. And it was interesting to see that yet again Lotus was able to manage fewer tires than the other top teams. I found that to be fascinating and be interesting to see how much of an advantage that remains with Lotus if they, if they continue on this track. Yeah. I mean, it, it you know really could matter for them, especially later on down the down the season. And you know, like I said, Lotus is second in the championship right now, behind only Red Bull. Already twenty six yes, points yes. behind Red Bull with uh, with a result like this weekend. But uh, but still, you know, that's uh, nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Um, and then a terrible day for Force India uh, after especially after Sutil's breakout performance last weekend, um, where they had uh, wheel nut pit stop problems and you know and and uh, 
it was Sutil was in the car. Um, they're working on his wheel. You know, the wheel kind of got stuck partway on, and then um, and then it. it uh, I think first they had they had one pit stop problem. The, the second car, you know, Duresta ended up coming in behind him and had to stop and wait for you know wait for the first car to get out of there. That right. came through later yeah. on. They had the mm-hmm. wheel nut where something got cross threaded or it went you know haywire, and then they both ended up retiring. And uh, it was just you know a day to forget for them. But they still have their four points from last weekend, so they're ahead of McLaren in the uh, constructor standings, as uh, which a little shows you a little bit how dismal uh, McLaren's weekends have been so far. Yeah, definitely, and it's a uh, it's absolutely a shame. But uh, you know, uh, they uh, they dealt with it as best they could, and they still have, I think, from what I've read so far, you know, a great choice in Adrian Sutil. So that part's very cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I mean, looking at the drivers' championship, it's it is Vettel out front, of course, with forty points ahead of Raikkonen with thirty-one. So um, Raikkonen is still best of the rest, um, and then and then Weber and Hamilton. Massa ahead of Alonso now by 22 points to 18. So um, interesting, uh, interesting times for number two drivers as it goes down the load there. But uh, yeah, Pastor yeah, Maldonado with, with two retirements. Pastor is dead last in the championship uh, compared to his rookie teammate, um, who you know is sort of the best of the guys with no points. Valtteri Bottas, uh, best of the rookies. Uh, well, um, yeah, I guess he is best of the rookies right now. Um, cool. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting times, and I sort of, you know, can't wait to sort of get more data in our spreadsheet, as it were, and sort of keep seeing how uh, how these things unfold as we get into three weeks' time into China, and then just a week later to Bahrain, and on from there to uh, see how it goes. Yeah, but it is yeah. it is looking a little bit more like okay, maybe Red Bull, you know, has their has their handle on these things, and it may not be quite as exciting a season as we hope, but still early days, so who knows? Well, it's interesting to see. I mean, clearly Red Bull uh, once again built a brilliant car. Adrian Newey uh, has not lost the magic touch. However, their race pace does seem to be a lot more delicate and a lot more fragile than their qualifying and single-out pace. So to see how much they target that Red Bull and how much the competitors look at that, I mean, you know, it looks like Vettel with his qualifying magic and Red Bull with their pace is going to be a very tough... um, very, very tough competitor in qualifying and oftentimes in the practices as well. But the race pace is a little bit more of a question mark, and uh, I'll be interested to see that unfold as the teams develop and move forward and, and what happens with the tires, of course, as well. And, hey, maybe we'll even have a dry weekend sometime in the near future. And that'll, that'll be interesting to watch as well. I mean, there's a chance of that happening actually in Bahrain because, you know, the desert. Oh, Bahrain, dry. That that's a possibility. <laughs> I mean, yeah, China. Of course, I do Latin, not rule that out. You know, China has been a washout at times, and it has been dry at times. So who knows? But uh, but Bahrain, I think, is usually pretty dry, and uh, we should see what happens there. So uh, let's do a little bit of uh, feedback, shall we? Yeah, lovely idea. Yes, uh, listener feedback. A uh, tiny bit more personal for me this time around, as. Um, not only do we get our usual wonderful Facebook messages and, and things of that nature, but I actually got a couple physical cards sent to the hospital uh, I'm currently at. Um, I've, been, I've been enjoying the fine, uh, fine stay at hospitals uh, across the country, and uh, I got uh, a, a fair amount of time ago a wonderful card from Lori Jordan, wishing that I get better, and I also recently got one from Craig the Kilt, and his family also wishing me the best. And uh, I would like to say to get that from fans, 
of the show was hugely appreciated and uh, very wonderful. Had very little to do with racing, but uh, everything in my life has something to do with racing one way or the other. So uh, asking me to get better is like saying racing should get better. And I couldn't agree more. <laughs> there you go. And uh, and as, as as I've been saying, man, you're getting better at Robin Speed because you're uh, exceeding everyone's expectations on your recovery, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, I actually also I got, am, uh, I am. Which, but I also have Robin levels of patience, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it is it is not fast enough, if you ask me. But uh, you know, uh, things are slowly but surely getting better, and uh, you know the whole hospital thing is starting to wind down. So. Hopefully in the not too distant future, I'll actually be able to uh, sleep in my own bed and stay in a in a room that isn't uh, laden with tubes and wires and and staff. Yeah, and at some point maybe you'll have your your jaw unwired and you'll be able to uh, announce the intro to our show again as well. That would be that would be uh, an amazing achievement. I would look forward to that greatly. And my jaw clearly was not designed by a Formula One engineer because. It wants to pick at my skin uh, on the inside, and it is falling apart, and requires uh, requires near constant attention just to keep it functioning. It is not the most brilliant piece of kit I've ever had. I will tell you that much. Well, here's to a speedy uh, getting that sorted out. And uh, I also uh, <laughs> have to give a, a thank you to uh, uh, CKW and family uh, who sent me a card as well, and Lori Jordan and family there. Um, who uh, sent stuff to me as well and, uh, you know, just, like, sort of nice thinking about you cards and get get well soon and that kind of stuff, which I really do also Absolutely. appreciate the sentiment. And as we mentioned, CKW, the kilt himself, uh, and his lovely wife, they just welcomed their son into the world. So uh, congratulations on that. Um, when he plays the, uh, the you know, post the F1 car that had most recently won on your birthday game, he will post Kimi Raikkonen's Lotus uh, anytime when he comes around <laughs> to our, when he's old enough. But, uh, there you go. And I'm going to take a stab. Well, I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to hear about uh, Craig DeKilt Wilson's son winning in go karts. Yeah. So uh, can't be far. That, that's going to be fun to hear about. And uh, I, I did suggest that the name James Robin uh, might be a good you know James Robin Wilson. That kind of has a good good hey, ring to it. Hey, it's a great it. name. Um, it, it fits. It fits. Right. Uh, they they went a slightly different route. Is uh, it's little Gregor. Is his name, which is I don't know how you Scottishly pronounce Greg Greg Gregor. It's not Gregor though, because that would be like Craig, and Craig is wrong. It's Craig. So I'm gonna go Gregor. <laughs> I'm gonna call him. G- I'm gonna call him GLW, the mini kilt, and we'll move on from there. But uh, also wow. a, mes- a message on Facebook from Justin Muir's, who said, "Sorry to hear about your spill, Robin, but equally relieved you are on the right track. Pardon the pun. Couldn't resist. Best wishes and speedy recovery <laughs> from a Canadian neighbor." And he spelled neighbor weird oh, because well, he's Canadian. Nice. Um, and then on the that's Facebook nice. page, that's very nice to hear. Yeah, man, we're all we're all rooting for you. I don't know if you've been able to stop by the Facebook page much. You can see there's there's a lot of love out there for you. Um, and <laughs> if if uh, Sebastian Vettel were to stop by our Facebook page, however, he would not see so much love. I mean, that is really the takeaway from this afternoon slash this morning's race. Um, is everyone's just kind of um, you know just just like pissed about what's going on. I mean. Um, we've got Bernard A. just is the most recently. Don't know why I'm still fubing over Seb's action today. It's been nearly six hours, for goodness sake. You know, however, how much of a bull's bollock would Christian Horner have to say to say Seb would have, you know, to say you have been a naughty boy, therefore you were not driving China, which you really don't uh-huh. think is going to happen, but wouldn't that be something if it was like, dude, you work for us? I have to say, though, I mean, here's the deal. He's won the last three world championships, and this last year... That Red Bull car, as I mentioned before, you know, was not always the quickest car. I mean, Vettel 
is quite good. And, I mean, if, if anything could buy somebody some leeway, I think three world championships in a row should do it. Yeah, but so to the be, big I don't thing know. for Vettel is to make sure Weber isn't pissed. That's going to be his biggest challenge. Yeah, and uh, yeah, who knows, right? I guess if it's uh, you know, if, if maybe if Vettel ends up, you know whatever, sort of helping Mark out if Mark's ahead in the championship or who knows what, but it's just kind of hard to imagine that uh, something like that will, will really happen. But so many people, um, you know, James Payne says, never let it be said, Mark Webber doesn't tell it like it is. And, you know, it's maybe the grumpiest podium of all time. And uh, one of the top comments going right now is new, new sitcom, everybody hates Seb. And there's a lot of comments on that. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of sort of this is BS, you know, with, with what's going on. Uh, we did have some some people, uh, you know, Stuart Mitchell says, shame on you, Mercedes management. And uh, some people following up, uh, Bernard A. again, you know, trouble brewing in Mercedes, you know, sort of, um, uh, you know, Nico Rosberg's engineer says, good effort, show what you can do today. Ross Braun adds, adds uh, good good job, we'll discuss your last comment later. And uh, and, and those kind of things. So it's maybe some inner team tension. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's as, as big of a deal uh, because driver-wise, I don't think, you know, there's not the, the animosity um, you know, neither one is triple world championship, you know, triple world champion or whatever. It's, it's a, you know, a bit of a different dynamic That's there. Correct. Um, but, uh, you know, it seems like even just that the drivers were cordial after the race and sort of, I guess we'll talk about this. And, and I think for Rosberg is sort of right to say like, you know, Hey guys, don't, don't forget about this. Um, just if, if I need some help yeah. later on, I, I, you know, I did what you asked me to. Which is the point? I mean, that's the difference between this and the Red Bull thing. I think is uh, is like, hey, I'm not happy about it, but I did it, and just remember this the next time it's the other way around. That you know, hey, just remember that I did the did the did what you asked me, and then for Hamilton to kind of you know own up to that on the podium as well to say, hey, you know, I you know I give credit. Yeah, to Hamilton teammate. was very gracious about it, certainly, and uh, you know, Rosberg is, and in general, Rosberg is definitely more of a team player than Sebastian in the first place. Yeah, uh, Rosberg is. Uh, you know, worked hard to to keep that dynamic going, and you know, let's not forget who Rosberg's teammate was for a while. So, you know, you know, he had uh, he had his work cut out for him in some ways. Yeah, and uh, and then there's some uh, not sure who this is. Some really beautiful looking woman named Elena uh, commented, "Vettel is a douchebag." That is all. <laughs> Telling it like it is, huh? Yeah. So uh, you know, we've got some. I'd say a narrow spectrum of opinion this weekend. Uh, uh, about what's what's going on, and then and then you know earlier from uh, when people were watching it live, people in very different time zones than you and I, um, you know Fernando WTF were you not doing pitting? Says Reese Milford. I mean, there was a lot of uh, you know like what the hell stupid decision by Ferrari and so on. So uh, yeah, yeah, but you know it's just fun like when we've got a race like this where there's there's plenty to talk about, and I guess you can say you know Pirelli and the tires doing their part, you know Malaysia and the weather and the track and the whole thing and the drivers. Um, it did, you know, it was it was crazy to follow, but uh, ultimately a really entertaining race. And uh, I guess there's certainly people that aren't uh, aren't pleased with the outcome for a variety of reasons. But uh, it is what it is. Yeah. And uh, but thanks everyone for for your feedback on the Facebook page. Uh, emails that can go to feedback at funwithcars.com if you want to send us an email. Um, I was not live tweeting this time, but we are still on Twitter um, quite a bit, and that's just uh, at funwithcars, and there's underscores in between the words there. Uh, but go to funwithcars.com. There's links to all of that stuff, and it's uh, always great when uh, when people keep up with us, and uh, we, we appreciate that as always. Yes, yes. Thank you to everyone for um, all racing and non-racing related comments. It was all very much appreciated. And I think shout out to our wives, to uh, my lovely wife, Elena, who's been taking care of me and dealing with me like 24 hours a day for the last month uh, while I've been, uh, you know, incapacitated. And uh, Anne-Marie, your wife, who's, who's been amazing as well and dealing with you for even longer. Yes, yes. No, she's been, uh, 
he's been a champ very much so, and uh, I, I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to thank her because she's been a rock star. But, uh, yeah, hugely appreciated uh, as it is. And, you know, uh, here I am sitting in a hospital room and uh, getting to talk to you about racing, and uh, that's, uh, that's yet another uh, kudos to her right there. So, yeah, there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of love in the room. And of course, that means it is time for predictions, which I'm not terribly looking forward to. So I'm going to stall by just a second. By, uh, by yeah, so I've become a bit of a prediction savant here a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, I'm You, know, I'm you not, never know what's going to change. I'm not doing so well. So I did just, uh, there's an article that just came out, this, uh, the press release. So apparently they still do the, like, the press conference after, like it used to be, you know, what they televised. Now they do the whole podium interviews yeah. with Martin Brendel. Um, yeah. But they did have the press conference. Um, where it was sort of tense and weird between Vettel and Weber, of course. Um, but Vettel does kind of own up to um, making a mistake and so on. I mean, it's a it's a rambly Sebastian Vettel answer, so it's like a really long paragraph. Um, and it starts with the word sure. obvi- obviously, and that word obviously shows up like six more times. But um, he basically says, uh, by, by going on to dries too soon, um, a little bit too soon, but also coming out into traffic, that's what lost him the lead. And then after he was trying to look after the tires, blah, 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 um, uh so I said, he says, I, I, as you can see, I'm not entirely happy. I think I did a big mistake today. I think we should have stayed in the positions that we were. I didn't ignore it on purpose, but I messed up in that situation and obviously took the lead, which I can see now he's upset. But yeah, I want to be honest and at least stick to the truth and apologize. I know that the team doesn't really help. I know that it doesn't really help his feelings right now. But I think that other than that, obviously a very good race for the team. We handled, we handled the tires pretty well. Uh, blah, blah, blah. To sum it up, apologies to Mark. Obviously, now the result is there. But yeah, all I can say is that I didn't do it deliberately, and uh, which is kind of an interesting. So it's not like, hey, I'm the winner. Screw you guys. I mean, at least what he's saying in the, in the press conference is uh, is to sort of like, sorry, dude. Um, so and then there's a little bit more back and forth. But then actually, Peter Windsor, uh, during questions from the floor in this press conference, says, OK, Sebastian, you said that you apologize. Would you go so far as to say, without wanting to put words in your mouth, that if the situation arrives is you feel that you owe Mark a win now, the million-dollar question, Sebastian Vettel's like, no, not really. He says, uh, we just came out of the cars a couple of minutes ago. Surely I want to talk with him again later on without all of you. As I said before, I didn't mean to ignore the call. It's something we talk about many times in the year, and yeah, I should have behaved better today. So anyway, the guy's apologetic. I guess we'll, we'll you know, at least you know, give him equal time or whatever for that, but uh, still, uh, I don't know that that's a whole lot of consolation to, uh, to Mark Webber at this point, uh, let alone all of our fans and the rest of the, uh, the media and so on uh, being not terribly excited yeah. about Vettel for this weekend. Um, well, Formula One is a very fickle, fickle business. There is a lot of motivation to do as good as possible, and that's exactly what Vettel did. But he did so in a way that is uncharacteristic of the ideal methods of doing so. So now he has to be very careful with his words and say things like, no, of course I want the win, and no, of course I want to keep the win. But, yeah, I could have done it better. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, a, tough, it's a tough challenge. I mean, certainly this is where you can have proper credit and sympathy for the driver's and the PR that they have to pull off because, you know, the fact of the matter is you want to win at all costs, but you want to be very careful about how you say that and how you do that. Yeah. And, and of course, that's the, the weird dynamic between there is the, the team sport, Formula One, and there's the individual sport of Formula One, and they don't always mesh yeah. so well together. And that's kind of interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the different engineers and the sort of how, how much the teammates race each other is kind of different up and down the grid, but uh, 
That's the kind of interesting aspect okay. of it. So predictions well, for this past week. Well, with all that said, what do you, you think is going to happen in China, sir? Well, let's, let me cover Malaysia for a second uh, because uh, we both uh, brilliantly thought that Sebastian Vettel would be on pole, and of course we were correct. Very true. And then true. you said I, some kid named Sebastian was going to win. I guess maybe that was right. I mean, not really, though. He said he didn't really want to have the win, so <laughs> I think we can call that maximum I knew, points I for knew, you. I knew his nature. I knew he wanted to win at all costs. And then Very teutonic. And then I was more brilliant because I said Fernando Alonso was going to win the race. And that didn't go so great. Well, I think if you look at kind of what could have happened and sort of what should have happened, I mean, if we can all agree that we all don't like Vettel very much, Alonso was really good and he really had a good chance of winning, I think we can pretty much say that Alonso won the race today and that I would get zero points. I think so, we tend to look at what did happen. Oh. And if I remember what did happen, I believe Alonso was pretty far down that order. Well, uh, you know, not finishing and all. Okay, well, there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is lots of people are playing the predictions game on Facebook, which is awesome. The bad news is that means I am 93rd place right now. <laughs> well, well that is a, I think that is a record for the lowest either of us have been, so congratulations. Yeah, and there are, and there are uh, people underneath me as well that are, I mean, uh, I'm actually tied with Neil Popham right now, the prediction stud himself. I'm only one point behind James, the pain train pain, who uh, was our oh, predictions wow. winner from a few years ago. And there's, and there's lots of familiar names looking up and down the list here. Um, of, of people that are also in the, you know, in that sort of 20 to 30 point range. I have 38 points right now with my, uh, with my awesome call on Alonzo for the win. And of course, button, button for last weekend. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of points to start with. That's a, that's a tough, that's a tough go. So in the early go, early days of the, of the predictions game, I was just really excited. We had a lot of people playing. Um, now I'm going to, I guess go ahead and, you know, for our fans, you don't have to do predictions. You know what? Just just give me a chance to catch up. Um, you can just you know sit out a couple of races uh, and then maybe come back. I don't know around you know I don't know Canada or so and just you know and then just kind of see how things go. So if you if you want to miss and a couple of rounds that's of predictions, done a little bit better predictions, I might be the one to remind you that you do suffer full points if you forget to play predictions. So just a friendly reminder from the one of the two of us that is actually doing pretty well. Yeah, you are in 11th spot, which is a much, much more sensible place to be. And, uh, and, and you are ahead of Damien, though, as well. But now Damien has the pretty reasonable prediction, um, you know, being a dumb spreadsheet as he is, um, he thinks, oh, Vettel was on pole. He's going to win again. Oh, and Vettel, and, and he's going to be on pole again, and he's going to win again. So um, do you agree with Damien, I guess, is kind of the question. Do you think it'll be another Vettel-Vettel situation in China, or do you think it'll go another way? Well, it's going to be interesting for you to hear me say this, but no, I do not. Uh, I do think that Vettel will be on pole again. Um, the Red Bull single lap qualifying time is just really hard to discount here. So, yes, I do believe Sebastian Vettel will be on pole again. And this time, I'm actually going to say that uh, Fernando Alonso is going to win the race. That's a dumb call, dude. His wing is going to fall off, <laughs> and he's going to, no, not going to work. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I am sticking with Fernando Alonso, but I was tempted to say Lewis Hamilton because I know Lewis Hamilton has a checkered history with China that he's trying to fill up. Yeah, he's got that. Pit, I also know in that Lewis has been doing quite well. So, and I also know that they won China last year. So it was very tempting to say Lewis Hamilton, but I decided to resist that and go with the Ferrari. I thought you were thinking you were going to go uh, Rosberg because it was, of course, Rosberg that won it last year in the Mercedes in changeable conditions, and it's still three weeks away, so we don't know what the weather's going to be. But, you know, if if it, you know if we have any idea of sort of China in this time of year, then changeable conditions are, uh, are a possibility, and, uh, you know, the Mercedes looks even stronger than last year. So 
who knows? But Very much so. yes. um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, ugh, I'm really not thinking. Um, I'm, I'm not in the position to go aggressive right now, um, just because you know. I think, oh, I think Reikonen's going to come back and do something magic or whatever. It's like I really, I mean, I mean, have a lot of points, and I've got to go with a safe but probably lame bet. Um, I don't think I can disagree with either you or the spreadsheet that anyone's going to be faster than Vettel over a single lap qualifying. Really comes down to the race. And it's yeah, very I'm, impressive I'm, that single lap speed of that car. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, in in whatever conditions it's put under too. I mean, you know, different tires, and they've got this, you know, much less rear wing than the rest of the cars and all that. But it's still, just that 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 thing works. And let's but, not discount Mark Webber either, who's been right there. I mean, obviously not the same pace as Vettel, but he's also been throwing the uh, the Red Bull around quite quickly in single lap speed. So that purple infinity he's got, he's doing well with it. But so for exactly. the, for the race win, um, I should go Weber. I should say Vettel's going to be in the lead, but he's going to like pull off and let Weber have the win. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to happen, though. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm liking Hamilton a lot, but I'm thinking that that's a risky bet. Now I'm going. Yeah. With it. I'm going with it. Vettel, Vettel for pole, Hamilton for the win. I'm going to do that. And we recommend. Oh, nice! Look at that, Mercedes and, win and, two times in a row, two years in a row in China. All Mercedes. On top of the podium for uh, Jim Lau. That's right. I'm, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't predict Rosberg last year, but uh, that, that's who it was, and that's who I think is going to happen. So we would like to remind our fans, those that do want to play along and continue to beat the heck out of me at the predictions game, that, hey, right after you hear the show is probably the best time to get your prediction in. Um, as, uh, as our prediction stud has mentioned, uh, you can always go back and change your prediction later on. Uh, so if you if you know throughout the course of the week you change your mind or whatever you can always go back to that. Uh, but that way it has to be ahead of the practice of the next race. Right, just wants to be ahead of practice. So I was a little bit late in reminding everyone. I was very late in reminding everyone about uh, the predictions game. And when we have these two races back to back, it's easy to forget about that. So I apologize. But Neil was able to put in a bunch of sort of late entries even when practice was on because practice didn't tell us a whole lot anyway uh, for this race. That's true. But um, yeah. So in the future though, um, it's a, it's always a good idea to go in and put in something reasonable for uh, for the prediction for next weekend. And even if you forget after that, then you, it's okay. You've got a, a reasonable prediction. But if you do change your mind, you can always go back and change it. But I am going to the website as we speak and putting Sebastian Vell for pole position and then go way down the list to Lewis Hamilton for Mercedes for the win. And I click the button, make my prediction. So I'm in there. Hope you will be too. And you can continue to beat the snot out of me. And uh, for your sake in predictions, Robin, I hope that Fernando Alonso has another wing failure because that was like, it was, it was lap one and I'm watching the race and I'm like, this is awesome. I have Alonso for, you know, Alonso for the win. This is all looking really good. Like Vettel struggling, blah, blah, blah. And then it all went terribly wrong. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's fun. That's part of what makes it fun watching the race is not just, you know, who, whoever you like driving in whatever cars, but you know, whoever you happen to predict for that weekend, you're rooting for that guy extra special and it's extra heartbreak when it doesn't work and his wing breaks off and it's, ah, anyway. Um, and so, let me just say, it may or may not be China, but I'm definitely looking forward to the day that we get to watch this together. Yeah, man. That is going to be, that's going to be cause for celebration on its own. I think so. And we so. might have to break tradition of eating the culture of the race and just eat something really fantastic and celebratory because it's like, oh my God, we can actually see each other or both still alive and able to do things. Yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's cause for celebration right there. We can raise a glass, but it has to be less than five pounds of glass. You know, it can't be a big stein because I'm still on limited, uh, you know, range of, of, of raising motions. But we'll figure something out. Uh, yeah, and uh, And it'll, it'll be great. So thank you, as always, for our fans for joining us. Thank you, Robin, for taking the time out of your busy hospital uh, recovery schedule to, uh, to do the show. I always appreciate it and uh, had a whole lot of fun as ever. 
And, uh, you know, I guess we will be in touch. It's going to be three weeks until there's another podcast, uh, for, or another race at least. And uh, so definitely keep in touch with us on funwithcars.com and on the Facebook and Twitter pages because that's where all the fun stuff happens in between. And don't forget to put in your prediction. Absolutely. So until then, I am Jim Lau. And I am Robin Warner wishing everyone good health and good life.